Artism Podcast, where we explore creativity, inspiration, and the determination it takes to be an artisan. This podcast is for artisans, by artisans. I'm your host, Kathy Duraghi, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to our next guest. So, Brennan. Yes. Thank you so much for being here on the Artisan Podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I am I am very stoked to be here. Me too. And I have to be honest, it's it's all about the cat pictures that got me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's not talk about creative direction or anything at all. Let's only cat. talk about my cat. That's right. She is asleep at the top of her little thing. Oh, we can can give a little. There she is. That's quite the that's quite the high rise you've got there. She she deserves the very best. (laughs) So she gets the uh, the penthouse cat tower. Love it. I have two. They're deprived kitties. They do not have a penthouse cat. (laughs) One day, one day, (laughs) one day they can strive for that. They do have their own Instagram page, though. Whoa, that's more valuable. You can you can monetize that. Yeah, you know what? I have a whole hundred and thirty-five followers. What? That's huge. You're gonna start, you know, doing those posts like "Use my code Meow Twenty for twenty percent off." At there you Chewy go. And stuff. There you go. Yeah, that that will be my next next foray into creativity. Will be that my cat Instagram. <laughs> yeah, monetizing so, your pets. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? They're fun, especially working from home. You know, yeah. uh, Artisan's been a it has been a remote company for eleven years now. So to cool. have that company along with me in my little office. Totally. It's wonderful, you know? It is. It's the best. I love being home. I love working with my cat. (laughs) The best coworker there is. They are. They definitely are. So you were in Orange County, but if if I remember correctly, you are now on the East Coast. You're in Virginia now, right? Absolutely correct. I grew up in Orange County, uh, moved to L.A. as soon as I could get out, (laughs) Uh, went to college in L.A., lived there until four and a half years ago, uh, and then moved to Virginia. And that's where, that's where I am right now. Okay. As you can tell from just the way that my room looks. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I know you're a copywriter, but so much more. Um, I want to talk all about, you know, your stint with Conan and clearly you're a musician. So talk about that. Really, the conversation is really about creativity and whatever the source of creativity is, wherever it comes from, and however it expresses itself. Sometimes it's through words, sometimes through music, sometimes the two come together. So, how did you get your start? Let's talk. Let's start there. Yeah, that's always a, an interesting question. <laughs> I uh, I have a pretty unconventional background, uh, as you've probably seen looking at my portfolio and stuff. Um, I didn't. You know, I don't have an advertising degree. I didn't go to portfolio school. I didn't follow that kind of, you know, tried and true linear path. Uh, I had a lot of ambitions in a lot of different worlds and I explored them and I'm still exploring them. Um, In college, I was an English major. So in the back of my head, copywriting was always like a possibility, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, I was first interested in comedy, uh, which is what got me into writing in the first place was using, you know, writing as kind of like a medium for writing jokes or like, Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting a spam call. Should I take it live? Hello. No, <laughs> um, Let's put them on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
hello, you're on the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was always interested in, in, and always had an ability to kind of like be funny in writing. And I wanted to explore that as a career, which led me to uh, The Tonight Show and Conan and kind of like late night TV. Um, I was super fortunate to get an internship on The Tonight Show uh, my second year in college. Wow. Randomly, totally cold sent uh, a resume to them. My only work experience at that time was working at a water park when I was 14 and then waiting tables at a pizza place. I was just like, this is all I got. I really want to, I really want to be on your show. Um, and it, it happens. And, uh, being there, I learned more about comedy writing. I learned about the entertainment industry and kind of how that works. Uh, that show got canceled <laughs> due to the Jay Leno thing. Uh, when he came back on TBS, they asked me to come back. I was still in college, so still an internship. Um, yeah, and that's how the Conan thing happened. Literally, totally cold sent an email with my resume. I had nothing on it. And I remember typing up the resume and it filled up like a third of the page and then the rest was blank. And I was like, that looks bad. So I just made my name like size 120 font, like <laughs> Brennan, McNally and Green so that it filled up the whole thing. And they literally told me that that's why they called me. They were just like, his name is so big and it's green. <laughs> Hello? Um, <laughs> little things like that can change your life in, in an oh, insane way. Pause here. Truly, is that yeah. it? There was no cover letter that went with it? No, no, no. opportunity for them to see how funny you are? None. <laughs> really? 100% none. I had no work experience outside of, you know, waiting tables or working at a water park. Uh I literally made my resume have a huge name, which is kind of, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about my portfolio on my website, Only Brands, which is what I'm really here to promote. Um, but that's kind of where I first realized, like, grabbing somebody's attention in even the simplest and kind of silliest of ways when you have nothing else um, is totally valid. And it absolutely works. And a lot of people follow the conventional path and are like, okay, resume has to, you know, say to whom it may concern and, and that kind of stuff. Um, probably true if, if you're in like sales or something, but you know, we're creatives, we're in advertising, like you got to do something to get people to notice you. You got to show something off. Even if literally all you have is making your name absolutely huge on a piece of paper so people have to see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great tip. Uh, a lot of people who listen to this are obviously creatives at different stages of their lives. Yeah. Some who are brand new, just coming just coming out of school, or some are even in school. So I think yeah. that's just a great, first of all, great inspiration, um, but also to show, like, don't be afraid. Just, just put yourself out there. Just get it out there. Yeah. However, differentiate somehow. You know, exactly. What's the absolute worst that's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to be at the same place you were before you tried, and that's not so bad. So, yeah, that's if a uh, if I'm giving if I'm giving a lesson, <laughs> some insight or knowledge to somebody who's maybe starting their career or otherwise, it's just try it. If, if you have some crazy idea and you're like, "Man, this is silly. I don't even know if I should do this," or like, "That's too much." Like, try it, and if it doesn't work, then go for the safe route. But uh, you can always go the safe route later, but you can't always go the, uh, I have an idea route later. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it got me on, on to the tonight show, which 
absolutely changed my life being around those people and like Mm -hmm. learning how creative creativity works at that level. And on a daily basis where you're putting on an hourly show for millions of people every single day, um, or at least four days a week, uh, seeing the writers on that show operate at that level just consistently was like, whoa, okay, that's crazy. And I kind of need to learn how they do that. Uh, and yeah, I would have, I would have never had that opportunity if I hadn't just been like, this is silly. I'm just gonna make my name huge. <laughs> that was it. Love it. Great. Yeah. yeah. That's a great lesson. Oh, my phone is ringing. That must be my spam call coming. Yeah. Through. Put them on. Let's see oh, if no. let, let it let it go to. We can finally get in contact with you about your car's <laughs> yeah, extended exactly. warranty. Exactly. So let's talk about your career. Your yeah. creative director, uh, you know, which I think is a is a great way of kind of segueing into this because you've had to hire others as well. Yeah, and I've looking so, at how people differentiate themselves when they're coming. You know, they fall in, onto your lap, right? Totally. Yeah. So I've like most creatives. Um, I've freelanced also alongside my main thing. Uh, everybody does that. It's a fun way to kind of like, especially when you work in-house at a company, um, it's super important that you, you know, working in-house, you have like one brand voice and, you know, you're working for one client. It's important to work for stuff outside of that so that you still maintain your chops of like being able to, you know, learn a new company, a new business, a new demographic and, you know, consistently be working for things outside of what your main job is. Um, and I've been doing that for about 10 years. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've hired other people to work with me on projects and campaigns and stuff. And, uh, as somebody who values clearly like standing out when it comes to hiring, um, I value the same thing, you know, when I'm hiring somebody, um, there's, there's great people who, do really ordinary websites and really ordinary portfolios, but you're starting off kind of like, you know, a, a step backward if you don't market yourself in a strong way. Um, Cause think about it. Like you're asking somebody to trust you to market their brand and mm-hmm. to be creativity, to be creative for their brand. And if you can't market yourself <laughs> or brand yourself really well, it's kind of like, uh, it's a little harder to trust somebody to be like, I know you're going to, you know, be able to jump in and write for Xerox or whatever. Um, but if you can, if you can demonstrate your chops every step of the way in the hiring process, like that's the way to do it. 100%. Like you have to, you have to brand yourself. You have to market yourself. I hope that answered your question. I totally have just been rambling. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it totally does. Um, and I think it's the, also the versatility, right? So you, you've been an entrepreneur, you've had your own business for many, many years. You're clearly super funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are now writing and have been writing for the past several years for a financial company. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to be able to have that versatility to go from cats and humor and Conan into the corporate space. Yes. And, and to take on the voice of the clients. It's critical. Right. Can you talk a little bit about how you can are able to transition between different brand voices and and kind of embody that? Yeah, um, it really feels like acting. I've never been an actor. I've never took drama in high school or anything. But 
I toured and played music for a while. Um, for any of you watching this, you've already seen the instruments, the background. If you're just listening, my office is a music studio, basically. Um, I approached it the same way that I've always approached performing and being on stage in that you're giving a performance and you're either playing your own music when you write, you know, your own creative, you know, funny jokes or poems for yourself. You're playing other people's music when you're hired to tour in some other bands. Uh, and when it comes to writing, it's kind of the same thing. It's like when I'm at Capital One or any other client, I'm playing their music. I'm supporting their music. Um, a little bit of myself goes into it, but really it's it's their voice, it's their song, and I'm playing my role in that band to best convey that song and bring that to life. So when you know you're writing funny stuff for TV, it can be a little bit more of yourself and you're catching that feedback loop between what you think is fun and creative and entertaining. Uh, when you're writing for a financial company, there's less of that involved. It's more uh, tactical. It's a little more pragmatic of, you know, you have kind of guidelines for the brand voice. You know them internally just from having worked there for so long, but you are making their song, their, their opus, uh, stand out as best as you can. Uh, that's how I approach it. It's kind of playing a, it's playing a part. Um, there's always room for your own ideas and your own creativity. There's a lot of that in the work that I've done for Capital One. Um, but it's important to always think of yourself as, or the way that I do it at least is you're a member of a band and you're playing somebody else's song and it's still sweet. You're still playing music. You know, you're still playing bass or guitar, drums, whatever you're into, but it's somebody else's song and, uh, you're just playing a part of that. I love that analogy. I love how uh, you're tying the music in into that. And and you're right. It, it is somebody else's song that you're playing. Yeah, and there's and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, you know, when I've been touring and playing for like hip hop artists or pop artists, it's their song. I didn't write it. I'm probably super into it. Uh, but when you go up on stage and perform it, like you're giving it a hundred percent and you're bringing that thing to life, and that's where the joy comes from. Uh, and it's the same thing, even when you're writing for a financial, you know, megalith like Capital One, it, it might not be the most creative. It might not be the most like funny. There's still a ton of room for that, you know, in their brand voice, but you're on stage and you're performing and you're making that song sound as awesome as you can. Uh, even if it's for a credit card company, which might not be the thing that excites me the most or something that I like wanted to do as a child, like I want to work for a credit card company. Um, but I still get to play that song and it's, it's super gratifying to do that for, for anyone that I work for. But I have to say for any of the commercials and so forth that you see, they do have the most humor. And the yeah. Most, yeah the 100%, I, I, I would not have worked for them if it was yeah. like, you know, a, a super, super like conservative, boring insurance yeah. company or something where there's no room for that. Yeah. I'd like to think that they hired me because of my background in comedy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, clearly they they definitely have that uh, humor. They value it. It's, it's, it's hard coded into the brand voice. You are right. encouraged to be funny. Yes. Right. right. So uh, since you're, let's go with that analogy. You'll, you're singing somebody else's song. You're on stage. It's somebody yes. else's. What would you say to 
you know, those starting out in their careers um, where it is somebody else's song. They do mm -hmm. put their own spin on it. Obviously it's a cover. So they're, do they're doing their own, yeah. but the client doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. How do you separate that and be able to remove the ego from, from the feedback or the criticism that may come back at them? Yeah, that's a great question. That is uh, an incredibly huge part of the job is creativity and advertising, marketing. It's very subjective. There are objective KPIs for analyzing like, oh, this has, you know, it mentions these different reasons to believe. It hits the features. It's going to be successful. Um, but a lot of the ideas do have, you know, you can view it through a subjective lens you always got to be receptive to feedback. And I think you, you made a good point of bringing up how do you deal with the ego aspect of it? You kind of have to not have an ego when it comes to it. Um, you can't be married to your ideas. You can love them. We love all of our ideas. And, you know, when you go into a pitch meeting, always present more than one concept. Don't go in with just be like, here's the one thing we thought of Go in with three at the minimum, ideally five, um, have one that is, exactly what the brief asks for. So you can say, we have, you know, bullet by bullet, we did everything you asked for in the brief. Here it is. Go for the second concept, which is that, but plussed up a little bit in ways that you think improves it, where it's like, hey, we actually think it would be cooler to do this. We think it would be more effective for your audience because of X, Y, Z. Have data to back up your, your creative too. Uh, and then the third concept is, the wild card go insane mm. present something that is like future state if, if you're presenting a web redesign uh you know present something that's like it's not even possible because you're not using html5 but if you started using html5 you'd be able to do crazy stuff like this and we think this would be the coolest thing we know it's not even possible we just wanted to show you that we thought way beyond what the brief asked for uh and you know consider this for the future when you present ideas like that, you know, the fallback plan is going for exactly what's in the brief. They'll probably go for that one. But if they want to critique stuff, you got to just not have an ego. You got to kind of, you know, kill your ego off mm -hmm. if you're going to be in this career <laughs> because people are not going to like some of the stuff you do. Not everything's a winner. And you got to just be like, okay, no problem. Take the feedback. Like, yeah, I can change that. I can make that. Your goal is to make, make it work, make the song you know, sound great. And, uh, there's always other people with other thoughts and you got to kind of, you know, view the, the gestalt of it and amalgamate everybody's ideas and turn it into something really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think just being, I mean, it's so, it's so it's common sense, mm -hmm. but not necessarily easy to, to do that. You know, it, it is, it is work for someone else. It is, stepping into somebody else's brand voice and or, or design or whatever it may be um complete common sense that it's you know it's okay taking the feedback taking the criticism take sure. that back and go make something with the edits and the changes mm -hmm. but as you're standing there and someone is just like tearing your creative apart yeah I imagine it's just like a, a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. I think I'm fortunate that I've never presented, I, I never present anything that I don't believe in. And fortunately that has matched up pretty well in terms of 
not having anything that's been terrible <laughs> and torn apart. Like, why would you, that's awful. Um, <laughs> if, if I need more time for something, I'll ask for it, but okay. uh, I, I never present something where I'm like, man, I'm scared to go into that meeting. You know, I only present something if I'm like, I can't wait to tell people about this mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. And when you really believe in, in your ideas and your team's ideas, uh, it's a lot less likely for, for a stakeholder to, to review a part. Um, that's pretty important. But, but when you're starting with a new client and it's maybe your first time taking a stab at writing in, you know, Arby's voice or something, and you're like, man, I'm not positive if this is really it. Um, there's going to be a, you know, a short period of kind of like learning the learning it a little bit and tinkering until you like really fine tune your knowledge of that brand. Um, Get the nuances, yeah. right? Yeah. Always a lot of nuances. Yeah. But that's a, I think you have a few, you've had great nuggets of lessons. In, 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 <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think it's very important to love the work that you're presenting. So, so you yes. can, you, you can stand behind it. You can defend it. If somebody has a question about it, you can talk about it versus yeah. 11th hour saying, I hate every concept that I've come up with. Let yeah. me go and see if I can spin this in some Absolutely. way. Absolutely. We've all been there. <laughs> we've all, we've all been there before. Yeah. Uh, and avoiding that spot where possible is, uh, is very, very important. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So branding, uh, how, how is branding as a copywriter, as a creative director for mm-hmm. you different than other types of creative? There's a pure advertising, for example. What is it in the brand voice and kind of stepping into that person's song that is attractive to you and you gravitate it towards? Yeah, it's attractive because it's it's a small challenge, but it's a fun one. It's it's kind of the same thing as going up on stage, like or being, you know, an actor. Uh, you're kind of putting on a different costume, and it's kind of fun to go in there and learn what you can say, learn what you can't say, learn what you can show, what colors you can use or what colors you can't use. Um, it's kind of fun because you're playing around a little bit, you know, when you've been at a brand for like five years, uh, you know, exactly what you can do, you know, what you can't do. You push the boundaries constantly. You're always trying to like push the brand forward into a good place, um, and, and honor the brands and like make it stand out. But when it's, when you're new to something, uh, a new client, a new brand, it's fun because it does feel like you're playing a little bit and you get to kind of explore, you get to, to find your own place within that brand. Um, if it's, uh, a super creative brand that does super fun ads, you get to kind of see what kind of humor can I play with? What's appropriate for the brand, but also always finding that feedback loop between what you kind of want to see uh, as a consumer and as a creative, uh, and what the brand wants to say and like finding that click, uh, is super fun. And when you first find that click, when you're like, okay, I'm marketing a new burger (laughs) or something, uh, and you find like the best tagline for it, or just the best campaign idea, uh, and it clicks and you show it to somebody and they're like, yes, I like that. That moment you like you're you're anticipating that first moment where people are like, whoa, I really like that idea. Uh to me, that's like, you know, kind of not it's not what it's all about, but when you're first writing for a new brand and you're figuring out their branding, it's super fun to hit that moment where people are like, whoa, you know what I mean? 
that's it's one of the most fun parts about being a creative it's like coming up with something that didn't exist before using only your mind <laughs> and showing it to other people and having them you know vibrate with it uh is super gratifying it's super fun yeah, it's interesting you said that because that segues into what I was going to ask you next as our, as our mm -hmm. final question was brand side or agency side. For those listening out there, you know, we have a lot of candidates who, you know, are like, oh, I only want to be working for an agency or right. I only want to go in-house for a brand. Mm -hmm. And it's really that, right? It's whether you can go really deep mm -hmm. with one brand or be able to touch many different ones. Can you, yeah. can you share a little bit of insight about yeah, that? I've, I've done both. Uh, a lot of people have done both. Um, <laughs> it's when you're at one, you kind of dream about being at the other. And then when you're at the other, you kind of dream about being at the other. Um, so like in my, in my career, I've kind of <laughs> the grass is always greener on the other side. It's true. <laughs> um, there are pros and cons to both. I think you hit the biggest ones from a creative standpoint of being, are you brands monogamous? That's a new term. Write that down. That's good. Um, where you're, you're writing for one brand, uh, depending on like the size of the company you work for, that line of work can be super stable. It's, I would describe it as being maybe a little cushier in terms of, and that would only make sense if you've been at an agency and you've worked nights and weekends and <laughs> crazy things. But you know, when you're only writing for one brand, you're like, man, I miss those times when they'd be like, Hey, you know, you're on the Tempur-Pedic account now and you're just like, okay. And, you know, suddenly you're learning about mattresses and you're writing, you know, about like sleep and, and stuff. And you're like, well, this isn't what I was doing last week. It's kind of fun. Um, there's pros and cons to it. I would highly encourage people to do both. Try to diversify your experience. You will learn new things being in-house for a brand you'll learn new things being at an agency. Um, if you can, and if you can thrive in both of those things, you, like your career is good to go. Um, you'll always be able to find a job. You'll be at an agency. You'll go to a brand. You'll go back and forth. Uh, yeah, there's pros and cons to it. I encourage people to try to work for as many different places, big and small. Uh, it's like playing music. You can play at an arena and there's so much power to it. And it's exciting, but maybe you don't feel like you really connect with people or you're connecting with yourself. And then you can play at a club or a bar or something where really small, where there's five people, but they're like super connected to you. And that energy is amazing. Same thing with careers in, in creative. Work at a big place, work at a small place, work at a huge agency, work at, you know, a startup. Uh, there's value to everything. And I think when it comes to getting hired for a job, when your experience is diversified like that, that's super attractive. And uh, there's more to talk about in job interviews and there's more to talk about on podcasts. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, thank you, I appreciate it. And I really appreciate the time that you've taken to be here. And I'm so glad that your cat was the conduit for this. Yeah. <laughs> Doing little things like that on your, on your website that you know is different and gives people a peek into who you are as a person, or in my case, who my cat is, uh, it gets you noticed. And it also makes it a lot more fun to make your website. <laughs> but it's true though, because people aren't, I mean, obviously the, 
portfolio is critical in yes. what a client is looking for. But the person is even more critical yeah. in that, right? So yeah. to be able to show a little bit of personality on on your site or have your name be gigantic, huge and green on a, on a resume, yep. <laughs> whatever captures somebody's attention. I think that's, you're setting yourself apart. from others. Absolutely. You never know what's going to change your life, but yeah, it'll probably right? be one of those little tiny things that you don't even think about too much and uh, your path will forever be changed. Yeah. Right. Could be your cat. Could be my cat. I think she's the next one. She's what next is one. your cat's name? Her name is Daphne. Uh, she is a little over two years old. I am amazed that she is sleeping and not vying for attention right now. Um, usually when I do meetings or interviews or something, she wants to be front and center. She likes uh, room. <laughs> yeah, but she's, she's, she's being a sweetheart right now. Nice. Nice, nice. <laughs> Well, I'm glad Daphne brought us together. Uh, she died. I'm so glad to. Stephanie, who you know, had first reached out to you about seeing if you wanted to be on the podcast, she also has a cat. She has a tuxedo. So she she sent me your your website and goes, look at his cat picture. <laughs> he, Brandon has incredible creative on his site as well. <laughs> Thank, as you. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope I'm more than just my cat. Yeah, yes. So much more than just your cat. <laughs> So I'll leave you um, with one final question, uh, or I will leave the audience with one final question. What was the biggest lesson that you learned this past crazy year that we had? What did you learn by yourself? Yeah. Ooh, about myself. Um, I learned a lot of things about myself. I think we all did over the past two years. Uh, Hopefully it was a, you know, bizarre time to live through it. I learned that I can be completely self-sufficient on my own, which is an important thing to learn that I think a lot of people haven't learned or haven't been in a situation where they've had to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean that both in terms of like literally surviving by yourself, but also uh, moving your career forward on your own. Um, You know, it's, it's a little scary to like put your portfolio out there uh, and just be like, this is me. Uh, I'm looking to do something bigger and better than what I'm doing now. Um, Being able to do that was a big step for me. Um, It needed to happen. Uh, I've loved where I've worked for four and a half years, but it's time to move forward. Um, And I think, yeah, it's, I spent a lot of the year kind of really, as I think we all did, being a little more internal and really trying to connect with ourselves, understand what we want out of life, seeing how fragile life is over the past year and a half and being like, all right, I'm not going to waste any more time. (laughs) I have ambitions. I have ideas for things I want to do. I'm going to go after those. Um, So yeah, for me, it was really kind of planning my future and also just discovering what really makes me happy uh, and deciding to pursue that 100%. Huge lesson. Wow. Huge lesson. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Pleasure. Happy to. I'm an open book. Thank you very much. Where can people find you? People can find me at onlybrands.com. I don't have a social media presence. I'm not on Instagram or Facebook or anything. Um, LinkedIn, Brennan McNally. I guess that is social media. And check out my portfolio at onlybrands.com. It is safe for work, (laughs) despite the name. Uh, It is totally safe for work. Onlybrands.com. All right. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brendan, for taking the time and my pleasure. ending the morning with us. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Artisan Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the folks over at Artisan Creative, a staffing and recruitment agency focusing on creative, digital, and marketing talent. For the past 25 years, clients and candidates have come to us to help demystify what the recruiting process and the hiring process can be. If we can help you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Check us out at artisancreative.com.